Hello and welcome. I'm Alexander. And I'm Simon. We are very much knee-deep in tech. And this is episode 56. Kind of cool, isn't it? It's increasing. It is increasing by one... Every time. Every time, yes. Unless we pull a special... Then it... Doesn't increase or increase by half. By half. That has been known to happen. But today it is Monday, the November 19th. Yep. And it is... It is definitely Monday, <laughs> considering the fact that multi-factor authentication is down in Azure. Which, for many, makes it seem like a Saturday, since no one can do any work. There is that. And this this kind of, of points out the, uh, the dark backside of having stuff in the cloud. Because when the cloud does not work, you're screwed. You should really have a uh, conditional access rules in the opposite direction, if not <laughs> available, <laughs> do not enforce MFA. Which which I think is a good point. Because if they had that kind of, of conditional rule, then yes, we would have a slightly less secure access to our stuff. But as it is now, it is very, very secure since very. nobody can access anything. Yeah. Bummer. Are, are you going to refer to the... <laughs> The amazing article you find found. Well, I let's see here. The uh, headline was, um, yeah, it was the the register. Yeah, Azure goes super secure. Multi-factor authentication is borked in Europe and Asia. Microsoft's cloudy service finds Mondays just as hard as the rest of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. However, <laughs> moving on, we we hope that they will work it out asap. Yep, I think there are several people wor- working on it. I would have to guess that is the case, and and to be fair, I I think they're scrambling pretty, pretty quickly. And yep. as we've said before, these things happen regardless if it's on your data center or in Azure, and when it happens, or any other public cloud, any other pl- public cloud. Very good point. And when it happens, it is an excellent opportunity to do a post-mortem. What yep. happened? How can we make sure that this does not happen again? And if it does, how can we mitigate it quicker? Yep. And that's exactly what happened when Azure DevOps was down. Moving on. It's been a while. <laughs> it, sh- it sure have. 20 days. 20 days, give or take. I think it was the, the 1st of November. That was called the 1st of November. Exactly. Yeah, 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 good point. You have released, let's start with that. You did release an episode last week I from did. Past Summit, I which we indeed. haven't discussed at all. So let's start with that. Okay. I went to Past Summit, Past Summit V20. That would be the 20th uh, uh, time the uh, Past Summit was, was uh, done. And it was, as always, an amazing event. About 4,000, give or take, data professionals from all over the world. Is that the largest data platform gathering in the world? I don't know, but I think it is. How large is SQL Bits in the UK? Uh, about half. About half, yep. yeah. Because that's known as the uh, European Pass Summit, yep. pretty much. Yep. But with a more fancy party. Some stuff were released during Pass. Some was released, true, most things were released during Ignite, but yep. some things were released at past summit, such as new betas. Um, the um, community technical preview for SQL Server 2019 was released, 
and some other smallish stuff. Yep. Again, most things had been shown and talked about during Ignite, but we got a few more interesting insights into what's what's coming and including some things that are not in the uh, 2019 beta yet oh but are coming cool for instance one of the one of the larger issues if you have a very high concurrent database you might look at some blocking issues with some temporary structures the the temp db where stuff is sorted and stuff like that in 2019 when it's going to be released there is going to be uh, leveraging uh, some some technology that we had a couple of years back in memory that basically takes away all the blocking issues with TempDB. It's pretty close to magic, and when it when it's released, it's going to be a, a definite game changer. We're going to uh, be able to do a lot more with TempDB that we could not do today due to performance issues. Cool. Yep. I like performance. Speed. Speed. I like speed. And then I had the opportunity to talk to two amazing people in the data community, the, the SQL family. First out was Eugene Meidegger, uh, my um, arch enemy with Pluralsight. Because <laughs> I do... Um, is I, he comfortable with having that title? I think he is. Knowing Eugene, he'd smile wildly. <laughs> wildly and widely. Uh, he, uh, he does uh, amazing courses for Pluralsight. They on are on Power BI. Power BI. They, they are super, super good. And he has decided to quit his job and only produce content for yep. Power BI. At, uh, Power BI content for, for Pluralsight. Does he only do it for Pluralsight? As far as I know, yes. Yep. It's only Pluralsight. So we had a discussion about um, Power BI, where we're at, uh, the new releases when it comes to data flows, how to leverage Power Query in the cloud, and where we're at because we had a similar discussion two years ago that was not recorded but we we talked about the uh, the state of power bi and it turns out that a few of the things that we wished for two years ago has come to fruition oh and power bi data flows with the power query in the cloud is one of those things and that's that's pretty amazing cool and then i managed to track down angela tidwell who is a fairly new member of the SQL family. She just started working, I think it was two years ago. Okay. And started out as a DBA, but decided fairly early on that she wanted to do something different. And yep. she decided to pursue a data science career. And she is almost done with the data science MPP program, the um, professional program. Cool. So we had a discussion about data science. Yep. And... The role of data science uh, in, in today's data environment. And pretty much everyone should learn some data science fundamentals. Because yep. everything is data and we produce more and more data. And, well, data is everywhere. Yep. Great. So that was the past summit. And then we had the Power BI November update. Yep. Known as the Power November update. <laughs> Yes. That's a lousy name. Well, take that up with the general manager for Power BI, and I'll <laughs> happily I, have some popcorn. I'll, I, I'm happy to do that, but I think I should be having the same discussion with every freaking general manager in at Microsoft hmm. in regards to that. Hmm. I have 
very few names that are good currently. <laughs> Fair enough. But the Power BI November update was huge. Yep. As in absolutely huge. And my favorite thing that I've been harking quite a long time now is data flows. Yeah. And data flows is basically taking a data set, doing some manipulation of this data set using Power Query as is in cleaning and, and fixing the data set and then providing this cleaned up data set as a data source, i.e. data set, as if it had been a data set just like any other data set. So this means that I can fix and, and prepare data sets for my analysts so they don't have to do that. But you still, as a DBA, need to do the actual fixing first for the model to work. I would say that as a DBA, you don't come anywhere near this. I only do it because I am, I do Power BI as oh, well. Okay, yep. Uh, so the so data analyst, or that, what's the what's the role? Who, who uses it? You're uh, putting your finger on one of the the most interesting aspects of this. Who is supposed to do the data prep? Data manipulator. The data manipulator. That's a title you should be pursuing. Pursuing. Data. I want to be chief data manipulator. Senior. Senior chief. Principal senior chief data manipulator. This is going overboard. <laughs> Anyhow, well, that, that's a very good point. I mean, the analysts tend to be very well versed in the business side of things. Yep. And most of them don't really care about or know about what data is, where it came from, and why they should care about the, the kind of quality. They, they know that quality is important, but not how to get data quality. Yep. Then we have the, um, the people that run the, the data warehousing and stuff like that. They generally don't know very much about the business side. So we are faced with a vacuum. Yep. And using Power Query in the cloud and, and, and Power, uh, Power BI data flows, it makes it much easier for the analyst to do the data prep work. So I think it's geared toward the analyst primarily, but then you have power anal uh, analysts and, and basic analysts, so yep. to speak. So to answer your question, I would say an analyst with slightly more insight into the whole data prep uh, workflow. Yeah, but you do one data flow once and then it will take care of the data as long as it doesn't change on the... A source, so to say. Well, the data flow is not the data per se. It's the... Data manipulation of it. Exactly, the yep. extract, transform, so you do, and load. So you do that once, yep. and it will keep transforming data from the source to the actual endpoint where the analyst is. Or do you need to tweak the actual model which data flows usage? No. Uses? As long as your source data does not change, exactly. and yep. the, the flow will work... Yep. And the result is stored in a data lake. Yep. And when you access the data set that gets put, uh, put on top of the data flow, that's when the data gets put into the yep. uh, Power BI servers. Yep. And here's the thing. In Power BI Premium, you can have a linked entity. That means that you can have a workspace. Workspace are the, the um, different areas where you can collaborate and create Power BI apps. Yep. Previously, we had the issue of if you want a data set to be part of several workspaces, uh, can do that. Because yep. that, uh, in that case, you need to um, create the data set and copy the data set for each and every workspace. 
With Power BI Premium, you can do a linked data flow. That sounds way better. Much more logic. It does. But here's the thing. There is a, a quirk. And I am trying to find out if this is by design or just a quirk at the moment. That is, and get with me here. If you create a data flow, yep. then you use Power BI Desktop to create a report based on this data flow and upload this into your work uh, work um, work area. Yep. Then you have a report, a data set, and a data. This data set in turn is connected to the data flow. You with yep. me so far? Yep. Yep. So I need to both refresh the data flow and the data set. Ah. You with me so far? Yep, yep. This is where it becomes fun. If you create another work um, work area and upload another Power BI desktop file too that also relies on the same data flow, it can be done in Pro. You don't need premium for that. Because that new work area is just going to have the report and a data set but not the data flow so oh. the data set is connected to the data flow but that means that you need to have uh, access so it can get a bit of a mess but it yep. can be done even without using uh, premium features hmm. and speaking of things that can be done between copy paste between desktop files that's good yes oh dear and of course, you can screw everything up if you try to copy a visual that uh, points to to stuff that is not in yep. the model. But th then again, that that's logic. Yes. Yep. And speaking of mo uh, logic and modeling, there is a new modeling view that is like a thousand percent more uh, useful. Yep. Because now I can do so much to so many fields at the same time, and I have a much better overview than I had previous and this is in in public preview and i think it's not going to be very long until it completely replaces the old modeling view because that it, it works but it is very austere yep so that's the the main things for me for the power bi november update and you know me i can talk for days and days and days about this so i shall not <laughs> So what's happening in, in your neck of the woods? I heard that uh, Windows 1809 is back. And I'm kind of <laughs> curious, how many how many episodes do you think you can actually talk about the 1809 release? How many times has it been released now? Twice. Twice. But the vital thing to start off with is that the actual support time for this release will be counted from last Tuesday, not from the initial release. Okay. Which Which seems obvious but we didn't know how they would act now when they released it took it back and then re-released it re-released it it All right. could have been so that they wanted still to count the 30 months of support which you get if you're on enterprise or education from the initial release but now they've said that you get 18 or 30 months of support depending on licensing from the new release date which then were November 13th Okay, yep. so a quick recap. Why did they decide to pull the the, the eighteen oh nine update from from the beginning? They had a couple of bugs affecting users. The most known one were 
sort of an edge case, but still not too fun to get, where you used known folder move for OneDrive mm-hmm. and in combination with an in-place upgrade, which in some cases could affect you in the way that you lost files from your documents folder, for example. And when you say lost files, they were physically gone. Yeah. You had to really do some um, data forensics to get them back. Ouch. Microsoft were helping people out with it, but I I can either deny or confirm that they did get everything back. Okay. But the number I heard were somewhere about 1,500 people being affected of it, which doesn't seem that much, but this was just within the few first few days and these were people that actually wanted the update which got hit by it right and the big question or the big uh discussion around this is how could it happen first and foremost because it had been um added to the feedback for an insider hub really feedback hub. yeah yeah of course oh but so didn't get upvoted we, right this is what we talked about yep. last time yeah right Uh, So that was the main issue. They had a couple of other follow-ups on that as well, but now it's released and it's still broken. What? (laughs) You can't, for in some cases, map network drives in Windows 10 1809. Really? Yeah. Oops. That's kind of an issue. That's kind of an issue. Uh, They have a huge blog post stating how you can work around it, but no no comment about why and how and so on. Hmm. that wasn't at all what they needed um, and they've also released a huge blog post named Windows 10 quality approach for a complex ecosystem and it's it's huge, it's like 2000 words uh, s- telling you how they've changed the approach uh, to up in the quality um, but they really yeah, some people are arguing that they should have said something earlier and really should have been open with, yeah, we, we screwed up. We are doing our best for it not to happen again. And they didn't at all need a new bug, which I see would hit so many more, especially in enterprises with the map network drives. So it's it's kind of a challenge. Um, They're working on it. At least it's released. At least it's released. Yeah. This has got to be the the most um, the most number of issues with Windows 10 since release, correct? They had huge issues with 1607 at, as well, uh, affecting Kindles in many cases, um, the Kindle app. Oh, and and the number of driver issues and so on. So after 1607, they did quite a lot of work to improve this. 1709 especially went out very smoothly uh, but they have had smaller issues with all of their releases even though especially 1703 1709 and sort of kind of 18.03 were better they upened the speed with 18.03 which i was just about to say yeah. that that 18.03 was very very quick yeah but now they're slowing it down again huh fancy that yeah <laughs> all right uh but it again it states the importance of testing this uh also in enterprises as early as possible with insider previews already and be a part of Windows Insider for business because those feedback items is um, 
gets a higher value or a higher impact than the ones from the public insider preview program. So sign up using your Azure AD and your organization domain rather than being a regular Windows Insider if you're testing it for work purpose. Sound advice. Um, but to me, I'm, as you know, I'm a kind of a Windows as a service champ. I, I do think it makes a lot of sense, but this time it's even hard for me to put the brave face on because th this shouldn't be happening in this way. And it's it saddens me that they got hit by a second bug when they've had six weeks to fix the initial one. Yeah, it actually hurts conf confidence. Yep. And, and it hurts confidence for not only Windows. It no. hurts confidence yes. for Windows Server, for SQL Server, for Config Manager, for everything that's delivered as a service. Um, which is not good because no. the, the thinking of it and the way they are doing it in my opinion is good but they need to find a way to get these kind of high impact feedback hub items to get upvoted uh, we had a discussion the last time we spoke on uh, the severity score that you mm. could add to it mm. but that would mean that you would probably get a number of feedback items that gets a severity score bit out being severe. Yep. Um, yep. So that's it. It's now re-released um, both Windows Server and Windows 10 18.09. Fair enough. And you've been out and about and done a lot of stuff. You've been to the UK and you've been to Ireland. Not Ireland this time. I'm going to Ireland tomorrow. You're going to Ireland. That's true. Yep. Uh, but two weeks ago, last week, I did four days of training and one days of Best of Ignite seminar. Yep. Uh, but the week before that, I went over to first Manchester to the um, Microsoft Cloud user group in mm -hmm. Manchester. Had a great time. Um, spoke about Windows as a service. Then I headed down to London for TechUG uh, and had the same session there. So it's, it was a good week. Um, again, met a lot of interesting and, and great people, as always. Mm -hmm. I, I do enjoy the UK uh, community. Yeah, they're, they're a great bunch. Yep. Um, so that was my second to last Tech UG for this year. I can't even remember how many I've been to, but it's an absolute brilliant user group that I really enjoy speaking at um, because you get out to also smaller communities mm -hmm. and communities with really mixed interests interests yeah when i did the tech ug in leads leads it was kind of scary because there were so many different uh, disciplines in in the crowd yep and that made it much harder to to speak to them because i'm used to one crowd and here we have uh, people from all walks of life that do all kinds of things. Yep. And that, that um, makes it necessary for, for me as a speaker to slightly change the way I uh, present things. Yep. And tomorrow, like we said, I'm going to Dublin for the Surface P-Seller area event. Mm. So all the European Surface P-Sellers will meet up in Dublin. I'm really looking forward to that. Hopefully, I'll get hands-on with the Surface Hub 2. Very um, much looking forward to that. And I hope it won't be under too much NDA. <laughs> uh -huh. 
but I'm looking forward to that. So I'll be there for for a while. I'll actually be in Dublin Tuesday to Saturday. Oh, you're yep. pulling a, a long one. Yep. But I'm looking forward to that again. I I, I love Dublin. Great community there as well. Hmm. Um, Haven't it, been to Dublin for many, many, many years, but yep. I hope to get back next year. Yep, definitely. Uh, and uh, other than pass, what what you know? Uh, what have you been up to? Oh, um, we did the best of ignite. Yep, in uh, Skara. Skara. <laughs> and and not the Skara Bray at Orkney. This no, is no, the, no, no, the no. original Skara. <laughs> this is the uh, city known as uh, Skara. Skara. That was Friday. Yep. And today, Monday, we did the same thing here in Linköping for 25 customers. Yep. And I last Thursday, I went to Stockholm to speak at the Swedish Power BI user group yep. and gave them a quick rundown of what has been released at, at PES and a few of the notable changes in the November release and i just today was made the co-organizer for this team so i'll be pulling congratulations thank you i'll be pulling out uh, all stops and do a few more uh, things both in in stockholm and in malmö yep because we have access to amazing um, to to, to some amazing um, venues venues in both of those cities correct and then Are, are are that user group aimed towards IT professionals or any kind, any person that's interested in, in using Power BI? That's a very good question. And when I was up there, we had like 20, no, 30 people. Yep. And most of them were some flavor of BI developer. Oh. We had some analysts. We had a few people that do Tableau. Yep. And a small amount of people that did uh, the more data heavy stuff and also a a few people that are in in training for uh, it's a school called Nakadamin that train up um, uh, Power BI people uh, BI specialists and and that kind of people so very very nice to have to get the opportunity to speak to them I I need to add one thing to Mm -hmm. our best of ignite sessions all right since one of the topics we have discussed both times have been the end of support for SQL Server and Windows Server. Yes. And I'm kind of amazed about how few that knows about the end of support for those products. Yeah, it's been... It's 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 not a secret. Nope. But on the other hand, you don't go downtown and find huge billboards that say <laughs> that it's... <laughs> the end is coming. No. Which it is, by the way. 2019 is closer yeah, than you think. Ni- July, ni- July 19th. 9th. 9th. Sorry. Uh, uh, 2019 for SQL Server and January 14th for Windows is 2020. 2020, yes. And you really need to think about the strategy. I, I know we've spoken about this in another episode, but you need to think about your strategy on how to get off those versions or migrate them to Azure or Azure Stack. Sure. And while we can have a discussion for, for days and days and days on the uh, how good a, of an idea it is to move your existing <laughs> 2008 stuff to something else that is still 2008, that's 
that's the the reality of, of quite a few of our customers. Yeah. Fair enough. And I'm going to London. You are. Yes. And I was kind of, I was not expecting them to choose this specific session, but the more I work with it, the more fun I think this session will be. I think you have chosen a good name for it, as you always do. <laughs> Tilting at windmills. Power BI and uh, self-service BI from an infrastructure perspective. Because the the promise of self-service BI is absolutely amazing. Yep. And the opportunity for failure from good ideas, the whole adage that the, the road to hell is paved with good intentions yep. is very obvious with self-service BI. And this session outlines some of the uh, the pitfalls. There are quite a few. And how to get out of said pitfalls and ensure a smooth working operation going forward. Yep. It's going to be great fun. Definitely. Mm -hmm. And again, great community. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. All right. Um, we're coming up on time. Yep. We'll see when we have the opportunity to record next the next episode. I'll be in Dublin this week. Probably... Yeah, I would I'm say. pretty sure we're going to be able to do it next week. Yep, looks like it. Yep. I'm going to do some... I'll be in Birmingham that week. The whole week? No, uh, Wednesday to Thursday. Oh, okay. Yep. I'm going to do some interesting upgrades on Monday and Tuesday. We have a few window, uh, SQL Server clusters that need to go from 2012 to 2017. And we're going to do some wacky stuff to it as well because we're going to change the IPs and stuff like that. So it's cool. going to be two days on uh, the customer site. It's yep. going to be fun. Great. All right. Thank you very much for listening. And we'll be back in about a week or two. Yep. Take Definitely. care. Bye. Bye.